Hey everyone, welcome to Know Your Food with Wardy. I'm Wardy, a wife and mom of three and author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. I'm also the lead teacher, blogger, and owner of traditionalcookingschool.com. I'm so glad you're here. This is the podcast devoted to healthy family cooking with traditional methods like sourdough and old-fashioned pickling. These foods are easy, delicious, healing, and your family will love them. If you haven't already, be sure to grab my free gift for you. Five free traditional cooking videos from inside Traditional Cooking School that will introduce you to my favorite fundamental techniques of traditional cooking. To start watching today, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash watch. And now, let's get to today's show. Hey everyone, welcome to Know Your Food with Wardy podcast. Hi, Danielle. Hi. Glad you're here. Me too. Everyone, Danielle is my special guest. We're going to be talking about overcoming adrenal fatigue. Uh, let me just do a couple of housekeeping notes before we launch into it. This is Know Your Food with Wardy episode 171. So the show notes are at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 171. That's where you'll find links and more to everything that we've mentioned, including a transcript. And if you're listening to this in your earbuds, you'll find the video. If you're watching the video, you'll find the audio version. Um, so that's where you head for kind of the hub for everything to uh, back up and, you know, alternate versions of what we're talking about. Knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 171. All right. Well, we're talking about adrenal fatigue, overcoming it. And this, this question actually came in from one of our uh, members at Traditional Cooking School, LJ. Call her LJ. Um, she is really asking for guidance on adrenal fatigue and healing from it. And I myself um, am not experienced in the matter. Uh, I'm a really good cook, but I don't know a lot about adrenal fatigue. So um, uh, you, you may know that Millie assists me at traditional cooking school with tons of stuff. And so I was like, Millie, who do we know that can help out with this topic? And she said, how about Danielle? And I said, that's right, Danielle. Actually, I think we both kicked both thought of Danielle independently. So it was a good confirmation that Danielle was going to be the one to guide us on this topic. Um, here's a little bit about what LJ said. She's had um, emotional trauma during childhood, poor diet, weight gain for decades, four children born within four years, and a lot of stress in her day-to-day -day life. So she thinks that her adrenals are just in poor, poor shape. She's tired all day. She goes to bed wired. She can't seem to lose weight despite trying to improve her diet. And she is one of our most devoted traditional cooking school members, so I know this for a fact. She struggles to control her sugar and fast food cravings, and her memory is awful in her brain, and she experiences brain fog a lot of the time. So she was asking for information on how to heal from adrenal fatigue. Obviously, food plays a big part. Um, and we'll talk about other things as well. So that's setting the stage for how Danielle's gonna help us today. Let me tell you a little bit about Danielle. And this is from her website, Natural Fertility and Wellness. So I'm just reading a little bit from her about page and you can head to naturalfertilityandwellness.com and go to the about page to uh, learn more about Danielle and you know dig further in addition to what we're talking about today. So. Danielle believes that so much more can be done to better our reproductive health. Um, for many of us women, that has to do with conceiving and carrying healthy babies or afterward. Um, Danielle was once quite happy and comfortable living a very conventional life like many of us. 
but she began to look at things differently when she had to stare fertility challenges right in the face. And side note here, you know, not all of us have had fertility challenges, but I, I do believe that health crises come in all kinds of shapes and forms, and that those are the things that make many of us, like Danielle, begin to look at things differently. Danielle believes food is the foundation for health and fertility, and alternative therapies can be just as or more effective than conventional medical treatments. Uh, she's an advocate for natural living. She does what she can to keep toxins out of her own home and environment. She's very passionate about real and whole foods because she believes it's the key to our fertility and future health of our children. You may remember Danielle as my guest on way back, <laughs> Know Your Food with Wordy, episode eight, uh, because she's the author of the book, Naturally Knocked Up. So she was my guest to talk about that book and her fertility story. So I don't think we're going to cover a lot of the same ground today. So if you are interested more in depth on um, fertility in particular, that's a great episode for you to catch up on if you haven't already listened. That's knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash eight. And I think I've said enough. I need to turn it over to Danielle. So welcome, Danielle. And why don't you say hi and just give us a, you know, your story in a nutshell, your hormone story and kind of lead into why adrenal fatigue um, and, and, and healing adrenal fatigue, um, why that's so relevant today. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Wardy, for having me um, today. This is actually a, a topic that I'm pretty passionate about, especially after having dealt with a um, over the last few years. Uh, my story really started back, um, I don't know, probably over 10 years ago now, when my husband and I started thinking about having a family. And before that, I knew my hormones were off. Uh, I'd been diagnosed with PCOS uh, or polycystic ovary syndrome. Uh, I didn't ovulate. Basically, the doctors just said, well, if you can't get pregnant, we'll just put you on medication. Um, and at that point, I was I was basically all for medication. I had no idea what else I could do to increase my fertility. Uh, at that time, I actually started Googling different things that uh, I could, you know, trying to find different things that I could do and really didn't come up with much. And we actually ended up conceiving our uh, first right before, I mean, literally weeks before I called my doctor for medication. And after, um, after my son started getting a little bit older, started eating food, I really got to researching and found that there was this whole almost underground movement at that point uh, for real foods. And the more I kept reading about the foods you know, that I wanted to feed him, things about fertility kept coming up. And it kind of stopped me in my tracks. And I thought, whoa, not only is it important for his health as he grows, maybe I can do something to change my hormone issues right now. So I completely overhauled my diet. And within probably, I'd say about six to eight months, I went from ovulating maybe once a year uh, which definitely signals some major hormone issues going on to ovulating every four weeks for the first time in my life. Wow. And it was then that I really realized that, you know, food is so important. Um, you know, it, it can heal the things that we can't even see when we, when we give our bodies the nutrients that it needs. Fast forward a few years uh, after our second, um, I had started 
I had already started my blog. I was really busy. You know, we had two small kids. I was involved with so many things outside of the home. I was trying to um, promote my blog, write an e-course. I was doing all of these things, and I really started to wear out a lot. <laughs> and I got to the point where, you know, I couldn't sleep at night. During the day, I was completely dragging. So I worked with a chiropractor friend of mine, and we kind of got my adrenals back in shape, and I started feeling a lot better. And at that point, I would probably consider that more mild adrenal fatigue because it really only took a couple of months for me to to really start to feel better. Finally, after I started to feel better, about six months later, we got pregnant and then miscarried. And that pretty much threw me into major adrenal fatigue for about two years. And the first year I kept thinking, okay, I'm eating right. I'm trying to get sleep. You know, my body will just figure itself out. You know, we'll just, we'll just keep eating the way we, you know, we have been and things will get better. And it just didn't get better and didn't get better. So finally, I found a holistic doctor in town that helped me uh, run some lab tests that really showed, you know, the state my adrenals were in um, so that I could really take it seriously. And it was it was so helpful to see those lab tests as well, because I could bring them home and show my husband, hey, <laughs> there, there really is a problem. This is why I can't wake up in the morning. This is why exercise makes me, you know, feel like I need to sleep for three days. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really a turning point where I had to to put my health first and really focus on myself instead of, you know, it, granted everyone else kind of came along with that because what I was doing was healthy for everyone. Sure. But I really had to focus on me instead of, you know, every little tiny thing and dietary change that uh, we had been doing for, um, for our kids. And it took a good probably six months to really start feeling better. And even now I have to really pay attention to those, those small clues that, that my adrenals are, are getting a little too stressed out. Um, and it's something I have to be very careful about. Um, you know, hopefully one day, (laughs) maybe I won't. Um, but for right now in, in our, um, you know, in our state of life at this moment, it is I have to, to kind of keep at the forefront to make sure that I don't wear myself out too quickly. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, you are you are juggling a lot, and I know you know so many moms are juggling a lot, and we tend not to um, not to put ourselves first. So exactly. you, know, you have to be very intentional to pay attention to those clues that you're wearing out, so that you can say, "Hang on." <laughs> Exactly. To steer this another direction. <laughs> <laughs> so let's back up. Um, what a wonderful story. And let's start covering this topic with some basics so that we all have a good understanding of adrenal fatigue. We've mentioned it. We've mentioned the adrenal glands. We've mentioned, you know, some things that, you know, are part of it. But let's do a, a definition so everybody understands what is adrenal fatigue. Really, it almost depends on who you talk to, because most conventional doctors don't recognize adrenal fatigue as an actual thing. Um, you know, they, they don't see any issues with the adrenals until they absolutely stop working. Hmm. Um, so just being tired all of the time, they usually don't even look at the adrenals. Um, most holistic doctors and herbalists 
basically consider, you know, adrenal fatigue as cells are tired. They've been overworked. They have been responding to so much stress in the symptom or in the system that they can no longer keep up. And so it leaves, um, it leaves people feeling extremely exhausted just that they can't, they can't wake up in the morning. They can't get through the day. They feel extremely overwhelmed. Um, and it's, it's basically when kind of that, um, well, your hormones or your adrenals produce hormones and they, you know, they're kind of in communication with the brain. So it's when all of those signals kind of get crossed and they just can't get back on track. And, um, now I'm going to ask maybe a kind of ignorant question, but the adrenal glands produce certain hormones and, um, I mean, are they, people talk about worn out, you know, completely shot. I mean, are they pumping out too much of the hormones because of the stress? And so then they're depleted of nutrients or what is it that makes it so that they, that, so they're worn out? So basically what the adrenal's job is, is to produce certain hormones that help us like run from tigers, which we no longer really need to do. Um, but they, they produce adrenaline and cortisol, and they also produce like precursors to reproductive hormone, hormones, um, like pregnenolone. Uh, that is the precursor to both cortisol and progesterone. So that's often why women who are very stressed out are low in progesterone. Uh, because their body's using it uh, to make cortisol to help deal with that stress instead. Um, but it's it's basically our our modern society and the way that we live and the way that we eat constantly tells the adrenals there's there's something to run from. There's something to be scared of. Mm. It pumps out hormones a lot of times at the wrong time. Uh, some people dealing with adrenal fatigue find that their body doesn't produce much cortisol in the morning, yeah. but then all of a sudden, 10, 11 o'clock at night, it pumps up cortisol production, and then they're awake all night, or they deal with insomnia, and then it's just this horrible cycle that repeats. So it's almost like the circadian rhythm for the adrenals gets off, and it's almost backwards. Um, so that's kind of, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of um, science behind it, and uh, Chris Kresser is actually great at discussing, mm-hmm. you know, little um all the little idiosyncrasies of of the adrenals and and what hormones um basically cascade into other ones and how that has to work and how that gets um how that gets off per se um but yeah they basically they're just doing the wrong thing at the wrong time or they're sending out too much adrenaline and they get stuck in that that fight or flight mode and Mm -hmm. they just adrenaline and then they have to use the cortisol to kind of take care of that and one reason why uh, people put on weight is because they start getting too much cortisol and it just yeah it's this huge cascading effect and then all of a sudden you end up tired and overweight and you can't do anything (laughs) and especially with the cortisol thing like if somebody's cortisol is backwards so it's low in the morning high at night then they're not sleeping so then their body's not getting rest and it seems to me it would be this vicious cycle of you can't rest and heal. And so, you know, that's yeah. really hard to recover from. 
It is because you're you're awake at night, so you're not getting your at least you know at least six, preferably eight hours of sleep a night for your body to rest and repair. And at night is when our bodies naturally kind of ramp up the detoxifying process. So you know our bodies aren't detoxifying the way that they should, and things aren't healing the way that they should, and it just becomes this horrible cycle where. You know, in each person, they can have a multitude of different symptoms that can look like other things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it just goes back to yeah, not getting the sleep that they need. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great, great way to set it up. So, and, you know, shockingly, I didn't know this. Um, a lot of times doctors don't recognize or treat it or even test for it when somebody says they're tired. <laughs> Uh, or I would say conventional doctors. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I tend to like assume the best. <laughs> so, um, so you know, somebody's tired. Like our our member LJ who wrote in, and probably so many other moms out there are tired. Well, tired is one thing. Adrenal fatigue is another. Mild, moderate high adrenal fatigue, you know, and I assume there's different levels. Well, how do, how do you go about finding out if your adrenals are fatigued that you need to um, change course and really address that? What are the, are there tests? Are there just indicators that you can um, ask yourself or test yourself? Um, symptomless, what would you say? I would say if you are feeling tired and exhausted, and a good weekend of extra sleep is not helpful. Mm-hmm. You don't have to you can just feel so tired, but you know, a midday nap makes you feel a million times better, and then you can just go on with your life. Um, you know, it's normal to feel tired after a, a stressful event or you know, a busy couple of weeks, but if your body is not moving past that, uh, it's really time to start looking into adrenal issues and extra adrenal support. Um, there are uh, tests that doctors can do. Uh, my conventional MD uh, laughed at me when I mentioned the uh, cortisol saliva test. Um, he basically said it was just a waste of money and it wasn't going to show anything. And that was the one test that really solidified my adrenal issues uh, for me. Um, and what it is, is it's a, a cortisol saliva test. Um, you can actually order it yourself on Amazon and send it in. It's like $125, or you can have your holistic practitioner, um, as long as they are uh, like a DO or some type of MD, um, and can actually order at you know a local lab. They can they can order it as well. Uh, basically, what you do is they send you four vials and you spit in them four times a day. It's usually like 6 a.m., noon, like 4 p.m., and then like 10 p.m. at night. And the the times are all listed on the the test. And then when you send it back, it will tell you like what your cortisol levels are for each part of that day. Now, it's not perfect. There are a lot of people that say, you know, well, it's not the best way to do it, you know, via saliva. But really from everyone that I've talked to, it has been helpful. So it's something to look into at least. Mm-hmm. And it will also kind of tell you how, I hate to use the word bad, but how bad off your adrenals actually are. Uh, it, you know, if you're getting a cortisol spike at night, 
instead of in the morning. Um, you know, you kind of know you're in that moderate adrenal fatigue area. Uh, my actually, my test came back. My cortisol was pretty much level the entire day. So I never, ever saw a spike in cortisol or energy at all. <laughs> hmm. um, and so that was just putting me over into like the, the major adrenal fatigue arena. And then once, you know, once you kind of know what's going on with your adrenals, you can, you can better look at, you know, exactly what you need to do to try and get on that, that path to healing. And another thing that helped me as well was uh, there's a book called uh, Adrenal Fatigue. It's like the 21st century, um, forget what the subtitle is, but it's by Dr. Uh, James Wilson. And that one's really good. Um, and it also has a test in the book. So you can actually go through and, you know, you give yourself a, a marker number for each, each thing. And when you're done, you add them all up and it kind of puts you, you know, tells you where you are on the adrenal fatigue spectrum. And really that matched up with my cortisol test completely. So it's a really long, like multi-choice test about, you know, when's the last time you felt good? Um, how are you feeling now? Like they go through all the symptoms before and now. And, and um, so that was really helpful as well. So for people who can't afford the, the saliva test, simply taking, you know, the adrenal test that he has in his book, which, you know, you can order on Amazon or uh, get from a local library, you know, that can kind of help guide people as well um, to kind of see exactly where, where their adrenals might be um, just based on a, a questionnaire. Mm -hmm. So Go really, ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say really good information, and I'll have links to those two resources, the saliva test and the book that Danielle mentioned at the show notes, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 171. Yeah, I think that book was one of my, it was one of the first things I purchased after I realized how bad my adrenal fatigue was, and there's some really helpful advice on there. Yeah, I think we used to own that book. I think it was given to us by a naturopath, but I loaned it, and I had no idea who or it was a long time ago but I remember that quiz and I remember the book um yeah very clear reading kind of mind-blowing actually like, yes it makes a lot of things make sense yeah. <laughs> okay so let's continue on this path unpacking this um this topic now I was reading at your site because you have um articles blog posts about your journey and things that you're doing about have done in the past and keep doing about um, adrenal fatigue and you've brought up this genetic mutation mthfr um could you just i don't want to spend a ton of time on it but i at least want to touch on it because it seems to be related so could you address that topic sure um it's mthfr and it's not a swear word <laughs> oh, that's i know it's so <laughs> I first saw it on an infertility forum a long time ago, uh, women saying they had this specific gene, and I thought, wow, they really don't like this gene. <laughs> like that. Um, I, the, the scientific name for it is so long um, that everybody just shortens it to MTHFR. But basically what it is is it's a genetic mutation, and most people actually carry this mutation. It doesn't always mean that it's active, um, which, 
you know, in the world of epigenetics, uh, genes can turn on and off and depending on the stress we have been um, exposed to and our diet and the way we live, um, you know, sometimes those mutated genes are never turned on. And other times, you know, there can be something that comes up where, you know, that genetic mutation is then turned on and can cause more problems within the body. Mm -hmm. And so this um, specific genetic mutation has to do with a multitude of bodily functions. Um, you know, it seems like it, it almost, you know, has an effect on, on most systems of the body in some way or another. Um, but one of the biggest is the way that it um, changes the way our bodies can absorb B vitamins and how it utilizes it and um, absorbs the B vitamins that we eat and can change them into usable forms. Um, and of course, B vitamins are, you know, connected to again all energy. Sorts of, yes, all sorts of bodily functions, and energy is one of the big ones. Uh, so if we're not able to absorb or get in the B vitamins that we need, we're naturally just going to be tired. Um, it also changes the way our bodies can detoxify, um, making those systems, you know, run almost at a slower pace. Um, and of course, there's there's a couple different uh, mutations. They have uh, there's two different um, parts of that gene, so it depends on which part is mutated. And then since we get half our DNA from dad and half our DNA from mom, sometimes only one side of it is um, a mutation and the other side isn't. So it all it all changes basically the effectiveness of. Um, certain aspects of our body. So I only have one half um, of one of my genes is a mutation. So that decreases some of my effectiveness down to like 60 or 70%. Whereas I know other people who have the double mutation and it can decrease theirs all the way down to, you know, 30%. Hmm. So just because, you know, you have it doesn't mean it's going to be as bad as someone else or that it's going to affect you in the same way that, that it's going to affect someone else. Um, one of the, the key issues with this mutation, though, is if you have the mutation, you can't properly utilize folic acid at all. And folic acid is the synthetic version of folate and is in most over-the-counter vitamins. Um, they add it to breads and cereals and boxed pastas. So a lot of people are getting this folic acid and they're coming to find out that it's actually detrimental um, because if you can't process it, it, it almost like builds up. It's, um, hmm. you know, it's kind of, yeah, it, it's kind of odd to talk about a, a vitamin harming somebody, but someone who has these mutations really has to be careful and making sure they only get folate versions of, um, or whole food versions of the B vitamins. Otherwise it can cause more problems. And there's uh, one uh, great website called MTHR, mthfr.net uh, that will actually list the differences between the two different uh, mutations and different things that you can do to help um, uh, kind of help deal with them because most of the time we're not going to change it you know granted with epigenetics they say it's some you know they can turn off but a lot of times you know the people who who struggle with it are are going to end up you know dealing with it lifelong so yeah. They give different dietary and lifestyle changes that you can make to help your body 
uh, utilize the nutrients that you're eating and to better detoxify and just get the system running back to where it should be. Okay, so really quick, um, that sounds like a great resource. So how how do you get it? T- how do you get yourself tested if you have the genetic mutation or not, or if you have you know half of it? Sure, you can ask your doctor. Uh, not a lot of doctors want to test for it because they don't know what to do if you have it. So for them, that test means nothing. Um, there are being in the fertility infertility world usually reproductive endocrinologists will start ordering those genetic tests um, if a woman has had three miscarriages. Hmm. And this gene is actually related to uh, multiple miscarriages. And one of the reasons is because of the B vitamins, um, or at least that's what they think. I mean, it's so hard to, to study it yeah. exactly. Um, so sometimes reproductive endocrinologists or any endocrinologist um, will be more apt to order them. There are also a couple of different uh, websites now where you can order the genetic tests yourself. Um, one of them is 23andMe, um, and the other one I just came across recently and I can't remember, but they basically do the same thing. And okay. it's a saliva test, so basically they send you a vial, you spit in it, you send it back, and like... It takes like six weeks to get your results back, um, and then you'll you know be able to see what what genes you have mutations on. And they do it's more than just the MTHFR gene, um, but that is kind of the one that most that a lot of people are getting those tests to to figure out. And I think it's it's right around a hundred dollars. Okay. All right. Well, I will put. I'll try to track down that other link, or maybe you and I can get together by the time this podcast goes up, and we'll. Make sure the show notes are complete with links for everyone listening who's interested. That's knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 171. All right, really good information. So now we get to the part of healing. So I know you are loaded with tips for helping people overcome adrenal fatigue. So can we just get right into some, you know, practical and or, you know, important (laughs) tips for healing? Let's do it. Um... Of course, the first one I always go back to is uh, our food and the foods that we're eating. Um, There's something with adrenal fatigue that really makes us crave uh, sugar and caffeine. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons is that, you know, sugar, it's great for quick energy. It's what the body uses it for. You know, if we even think about, you know, seasonal foods, the the seasonal foods we have in the summer, um, you know, kind of... They have a higher sugar content, which, you know, we need for those, the, um, for brain function, you know, our, our brains actually use sugar to function and, you know, our muscles, our muscles use sugar to, to function. Um, so sometimes having those, those quick carbs or that, that really quick source of energy is what keeps so many of us going through the day in the long run though unfortunately, you know, when we do it day after day after day, you know, it's not just a a one day thing, which, you know, our bodies can deal with. It's, you know, weeks or months of, you know, quick grab the sugar or, you know, something starchy or, you know, something quick that my body can use. Um, You know, it causes major, you know, insulin issues and just makes the adrenal fatigue so much worse. So, reducing your sugar consumption is really huge for adrenal fatigue and 
I know it's one of the hardest things to do, but also needs to be one of the first steps Hmm. because a lot of times it doesn't matter what other alternative therapies you do, what other herbs, what other supplements, um, you know, dealing with uh, emotional issues through therapy. If your food isn't nourishing your body the way it needs, it everything else is not going to be as effective. So start with food and start with taking the sugar out. Okay, and can we can we define sugar? Are we talking um, white sugar, honey, maple syrup, you know, natural sweeteners? Are we talking fruit? Are we even talking starchy foods like potatoes and breads? How? What does sugar encompass? My idea of sugar is added sugar to things. So white sugar, um, you know, even honey, maple syrup to some extent, um, you know, right now I use honey and maple sugar or maple syrup and, you know, don't have any major issue with them. But for someone who really wants to kind of get a handle on things, we need to stop adding sugar to our food. Um, I'm fine with fruit, uh, even, you know, most normal carbs, you know, especially if, if they are properly prepared, uh, you know, can really be of benefit. I actually found when I took all grains and most starches out of my diet, it made my adrenal fatigue worse. Hmm. So for me, I need some of those carbs from grains. Um, it's just something that over the last probably three or four years I've experimented with and found that, you know, a serving or two of grains a day is really beneficial for me. Um, without it, I just feel like I'm going to crash. So some carbs are good. You just really have to watch what type. And then I actually, um, started reading a book called the adrenal reset diet by, um, Alan Christensen, and he recommends having carbs at night. So you start your day with very, you know, protein and, and fat rich foods, more like the paleo primal, you know, type of a lifestyle. And then as you go through the day, you know, you add a little bit of, of, uh, grains with, or carbs with lunch, and then you add a little bit more with dinner. And he, he seems to think that that helps, um, with, with adrenal issues. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't, t- I have not experimented with his specific protocol yet, but a friend of mine did, and she said, you know, she saw some benefit to it after a few weeks. And I um, want to say that there's one person in our family that struggles with cortisol at the wrong time of day and sleep issues, and that very thing has helped to yeah. have the carbs at the end of the day. That's that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, you know, my thoughts on it are, you know, carbs can be good, Um but of course, it always depends on the person, and it's really something that you know people kind of need to experiment with and and figure out what what works for them, and probably um, what amount works too, because um, you could you could still go overboard either it, way. Yes, yes, we're talking about you know like a serving of rice, not not a whole bag of potato chips, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a box of donuts. No, yes. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> All right, so that was number one, food, especially sugar. Yes. Okay. Um, number two is going to be to cut out the caffeine. Um, I know. I knew I, that was coming. Yeah. <laughs> I know it seems like it's the only thing that, that you know, can wake you up in the morning and that gets you through the day. And I know I have, you know, I have little kids at home and, 
And sometimes I just think, man, if I had a cup of coffee, I could deal with all of this (laughs) a lot better. (laughs) Um, But the problem with coffee when you're dealing with adrenal fatigue is that it, it signals the brain that something's coming. Like, you know, you need to run. Uh, it, it prepares the body for kind of that fight or flight instinct and, you know, signals the adrenals to start producing adrenaline. And then there's nowhere for that adrenaline to go because most of us, you know, if we're really honest, we have our cup of coffee and we sit down at a desk to work or, you know, we're not, we're not out doing really physical works for our body to actually do something with all that. Um, adrenaline and that fight or flight instinct that's building up inside of it. Um, and so as much as I love coffee, (laughs) it had to go. Um, and you know, if it's not something that people can give up right away, you know, cut back to one cup a day, make sure you have a really solid breakfast and a whole glass of water before you have any coffee. Um, make sure you're drinking it with, with food. So it kind of lessens the, the caffeinated effect, uh, slowly reduce it, um, add more decaf coffee to it, you know, try and get off of it over the course of, you know, a few weeks or a month if need be. Um, now I'm not completely anti-coffee, you know, one, a few cups a week is fi- is probably fine for most people. Uh, but if you're dealing with adrenal fatigue, it's really not fine at all. And, you know, that was, that was kind of one thing that really, that really helped me kind of get over that, that hump. Um, and I almost had to set aside a couple of weeks when I, uh, when I cut out coffee and thought, okay, these two weeks I have to, I have to cut back on my schedule. I need to be able to be home more often because if I got tired in the middle of the afternoon, instead of grabbing a cup of coffee, I took a nap. Uh, and it, it really took a couple of weeks for my body to kind of not rely on that caffeine to, to push, to do the next thing. Um, so instead of taking a nap every day, (laughs) only took a nap like once or twice a week and then, you know, not at all. Um, but definitely caffeine has to go. Okay. And I just want to add, um, we have a couple of relevant resources for everyone at traditional cooking school. So first is actually one of our most popular posts of 2016, which is a roundup of non-caffeine energy boosting drinks. So you can search for that at traditionalcookingschool.com. I'll also include a link in the show notes, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 171. And the other thing is, um, there's a great DIY herbal coffee blend that can actually help with detox and all kinds of things, um, help you with your hormones. It's not going to give you energy, but it can be a substitute that you enjoy drinking that can help with healing. And if you go back to podcast, knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 125, you'll hear more about that. Plus there's a, a book with recipes. So great tips, Danielle. Thank you. Um, and then there's, there's a few other things uh, that people can tweak just, you know, to kind of help. Um, like there's different supplements that you can take. Uh, there's a desiccated adrenal supplement. Um, multiple companies uh, actually sell this. Um, basically, it's, it's just dried. Um, usually I think it's, is it bovine adrenal? Um, but that was helpful for me. Um, in getting over adrenal fatigue, it kind of, it kind of helps support the system while you're working on other things. Okay. Um, 
which I really needed because so often, you know, you're so exhausted and you're so tired. The last thing you want to do is make things harder and make (laughs) cooking meals harder and, you know, doing all these massive changes. So having something just to kind of help support that system while you're working on healing was really helpful for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Dr. Wilson, who wrote the adrenal fatigue book, he actually had a set of supplements that I ended up taking that I really liked. Um, and then if you, if someone has access to a chiropractor, uh, usually chiropractors sell a specific brand of supplements and, um, you know, you can get that type of stuff there as well. And that's what I used when I first, uh, worked on adrenal fatigue with my chiropractor friends. Um, another good thing to take is a vitamin C because the adrenals really love vitamin C. Mm. So sometimes, uh, just supplementing with vitamin C is helpful. Uh, using a really good B vitamin, uh, either whole foods or, um, you know, something that's listed as folate. Uh, you'll also find supplements that have methylfolate, which is the, uh, the usual form. So your body converts the folate to methylfolate. We can find supplements that actually have that methylfolate in them. Um, a lot of times that's really helpful for people. I found that uh, B12 was really what I needed to help uh, sleep better. Uh, within a few nights, you know, it had me it had me sleeping so much better. And my lab test had actually shown that I was low in B12. So my body definitely needed it. Um, but that was that was probably the one supplement that I can say I, I saw a, a big difference in taking. And now I don't, I don't take it very often at all. I don't find that I need it, but at that time I really, I really did need it. Um, and I don't like to rely on supplements, but again, when you're tired and you're exhausted, sometimes you just can't think of the next step to take. So we kind of need a life raft, if you will, to keep us afloat while we're working on things. Nice. Um, Yes. Another thing that I did um, that really kept everyone in my house from taking my water was <laughs> was I started adding salt to my water, uh, a nice quality sea salt, uh, just for the extra minerals because your adrenals need minerals to work, and so often you know we just we don't get what we need, and I was you know, I was finding that even eating more traditional foods and eating a whole foods diet. I wasn't, because I was so tired, I just wasn't going the extra step to make sure we had, you know, lots of vegetables, which, you know, vegetables are, are how we get a majority of the minerals that, that we eat. Um, you know, I, my diet was pretty, I mean, it was all, it was whole foods, but it was, it was the same. Like I just didn't have a lot of variety. Um, I just didn't have it in me to do it. And so, um, you know, I was probably quite deficient in many different minerals at that point. And so adding sea salt to my water, especially in the morning, seemed to really be helpful. Um, and then, of course, getting in enough water as well, staying hydrated um, and not having my family drink my water was really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> then I could see exactly how much I was drinking or not drinking at that time. <laughs> so those are... Those are really kind of just a few things that I started to do that really put me on, you know, the path to, to full healing and, and got me feeling better within, you know, a few weeks where I could take that next step and I could, you know, work with 
with my holistic doctor or my chiropractor and kind of do that next thing to, to, um, to complete the healing. So those are great basic tips and strategies for someone to overcome adrenal fatigue. And I noticed you mentioned, um, you did mention supplementation there, like the folate, the B12, the um, vitamin C. Did you find, um, and maybe this is when you started working more with your chiropractor or your other doctor, but are there any other herbs or supplements that people could consider, look into? One of the other things um, to kind of look at is um, some herbs that are called adaptogens. I was going to ask that, and then I was like, ah, oh, I don't want to put her on the spot. Because <laughs> we didn't discuss this before. <laughs> There are a lot of different uh, adaptogens, so it kind of depends on who it is and you know what herb is really going to help them the best. Because what helps me might not help you. Yeah. So it's really best to kind of uh, you know look into all the different adaptogens, find one that that fits you best, um, or work with an herbalist or um, holistic health practitioner that really can can figure out what's going to work best for you. Um, in one of the tinctures that I was taking, um, it was, which one was it? Ashwagandha mm-hmm. was in. Um, and so it, it um, you know, I, I did find that, well, it's hard for me to say that that one specific thing helped because I was taking a multitude of, of different things all at one time. Um, but herbal medicine definitely um, can help support the body and kind of change how things functioned. And um, there's, oh, what's her name? I'm totally blanking. Um, there is a an herbal OBGYN um, that has an entire uh, article of all of and her. She has a podcast as well, um, but she has an entire article that lists all of the different um, adaptogenic herbs and who might be a best fit for each one. Ooh. So I'll, I'll send you that link so you can put it on the show notes. Great, great. But that to me was really helpful because I could go through and kind of match my symptoms and match what was going on and find the best one for me at that time. And so I was wondering, now this is going to kind of put you on the spot, but with the MTHFR genetic mutation, whether somebody is full or half or whatnot, in combination, I mean, if they're facing that and that means they're not utilizing the B vitamins well, not detoxing well and the other things you mentioned. But if they were to incorporate adaptogens into their healing protocol, might that not, um, I'm just speculating, but wouldn't that be maybe one of the best courses of action for making MTHFR not such a huge factor? Because it's a genetic mutation and then adaptogens kind of adapt. Exactly. Yeah, adaptogen herbs are adaptogenic herbs. They're they're meant to balance the body. Um, I would absolutely love to see someone study that. Um, unfortunately, people don't study herbs that often. It's so frustrating. Um, but yes, I mean, it it would in theory, you know, it would help balance everything out and and help the body um, function better, even with you know a, ge- a genetic mutation. 
Great. Well, this has been such good information, Danielle. I really appreciate that you're so willing to share your personal story and your personal journey. It means so much more just to hear somebody say, I tried this and this was important. And even to share your struggles, like, you know, having to give up coffee and setting aside the time so you could do that or giving up sugar. I mean, it's just so wonderful uh, that you're willing to share that, share your wisdom and your experience. So I thank you very much for that. And, you know, while I'm sitting here, um, yeah. or just one extra thing, okay. um, because I do talk about adrenal fatigue a lot and, you know, within, um, the community that I have on my website, you know, it comes up a lot. And, and what I've spoken in the past is that so many people do all of, you know, the, the dietary changes, the supplements, you know, the they, they basically follow the rules, so to speak, when it comes to adrenal fatigue, but they aren't getting better. Hmm. And there's, there's one kind of missing element a lot of times in adrenal fatigue healing, and that is um, dealing with either emotional trauma um, or lifestyle. Yeah. And there are two things that people really struggle to change because if your lifestyle you know, is has where you have a, let's say a job where you're constantly stressed out. Um, you know, you're probably still going to deal with adrenal fatigue no matter what you do. Yeah. Unless you really figure out a way to deal with that stress. Um, you know, it's, it's going to continue. And I know, you know, as a mom of young kids myself, you can't just make your children sleep through the night or not get sick or (laughs) behave all the time or, you know, um, you know, moms are, are chronically stressed, uh, but we really have to try and figure out how to not necessarily change that stress, but change how we react to it. Yeah. I still have not found a great way to do that. I'm still struggling and learning and trying to, to go down that, um, that last part uh, or that last path for, you know, for healing, um, but the way that we internalize stress um, can really cause a profound impact on our our physical health. And so often, you know, a lot of times the the emotional trauma or the stress happened in the past, but our body is still stuck. Um, you know, I was talking or I was reading a book about anxiety a couple of years ago, and she mentioned that. Um, you know, the way that we respond to things and react, um, we have a hard time changing because all the, the neurotransmitters, uh, that we use kind of, it's kind of like a car on a, a road basically. And we keep going down the same path until it's all rutted up and our body just has a really hard time getting out of that specific path. Um, so it's really important that we, we kind of stop and figure out exactly what is, is causing us that stress. Um, and whether it's an emotional issue that you can work with a therapist, um, you know, on, or, you know, find a mentor or, um, finding outside help for the house or, you know, dealing with issues with your husband. Um, you know, so often we carry those past burdens with us. And we really have to try and figure out ways to to let them go, and to find freedom in 
you know, moving past those, those negative experiences we've had in our lives. And it's really then I think that it really all comes full circle and you're able to really get past um, the adrema fatigue once you've dealt with, you know, dietary issues and lifestyle and sleep and then working on also the emotional aspect of it so that you can really, really just find that freedom to, to live a vibrant life, basically. I am so glad you brought that up. Um, it's only been maybe the last year that I've, no, it's been a couple of years, but I have just come to recognize that stress is so much more a factor in our health and wellness than most anybody talks about. And if you are chronically under stress, and you pointed out, you know, there's stresses in your life that you can't fix. Like you can't take them away, but you can change how you handle it. And there are some stresses in your life that you can change, like a job or, you know, somebody that doesn't have to be in your life because you're not married to them or related to them. But anyway, um, I think that stress, when not handled well, can literally like reinfect us day after day after day and and significantly impact our health. I really do believe that. And um, I'm going to point out for our listeners, so I don't say any more or, or take away from Danielle, but I talked about stress and my perspective on it. And even, you know, the Bible tells us how to deal with stress, be anxious for nothing. It tells us to rejoice and you know, take our request to God with thanksgiving. Those are very, very practical ways to handle things that are in our life that we can't change. It helps us put our perspective in the right place. But without going any further, I want to just point you to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 161, where I talked about stress, getting away from it, being happy in spite of it, being healthy in spite of it. So check that out. And I just, I'm so glad you brought that up, Danielle, because you can, just like you said, you can be doing all the right things and still not getting well because you're in a job or you have trauma or you're not handling the normal challenges of life. You, and I'm not talking you, I'm talking every one of us, are not dealing with it well. Exactly. Yep. We're letting it get to us. We're giving it power over us and our health instead of you know, intentionally like not choosing to go there or not letting it get to us or taking it to God in prayer instead of stewing and worrying about it or um, working too hard to overcome it when we're powerless to change it. There's so many different ways that we uh, do the wrong thing when it comes to stress. Well, let's wrap up. Um, Do you have anything else you want to share or recommend before we do? I don't think so. I think that was that was the last little little thing I, I really had in my heart that I, I needed to get out. I am so glad you did. I think that was like the highlight of this whole session we've had. Well, let me just wrap up by saying again, thank you to you, Danielle. And everyone, you can find Danielle at naturalfertilityandwellness.com. You can also refer to when she was a guest on my podcast before, episode eight, talking about fertility in particular. We've mentioned a lot of links and resources in this podcast, you will find them linked at knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash 171, which is the show notes. Thanks, Danielle, and God bless everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you'll come back again. Let me tell you what you can do next. You can visit the show notes for this episode and get links and more resources about today's topic. Just visit knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash, and then without a space, type the number of this episode. 
You can stop by traditionalcookingschool.com slash watch to get five free traditional cooking videos from me. It's a gift. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the podcast app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Know Your Food with Warty while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to knowyourfoodpodcast.com slash iTunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that others who are interested will find this podcast too. Thank you so much and God bless you.